Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by former Holy Cross and Vermont women's hockey player, Antonia Matska. Uh, Antonia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, and how's everything going? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Obviously, you've been up to play, you've been up to a lot since you graduated Vermont uh, last year, playing in the PHF with the Buffalo Buttes. Uh, but besides all that, I'm curious, what have you been up to uh, since graduating college last year? Um, so I went home back to Austria for the summer after graduating, uh, which was nice and honestly, like took a step back from like school, obviously, but also from hockey. Um, I was just like training in the gym all summer. Didn't honestly, like didn't skate too much, uh, was working at an outdoor bar, kind of just enjoying the summer and hanging out with family and friends back home. And, um, yeah, and then I moved to Buffalo in the early fall and um, really got into that training and practice routine as a pro, which I've been really enjoying. And um, other than, than that in Buffalo, I, I work a couple like side jobs like coaching, nannying, um, dog walking, stuff like that. And yeah, so it's been great. Yeah, what's Buffalo like? Uh, obviously, you guys got hit with that big snowstorm, so I know it's very snowy up there, but uh, what's the city like outside of that? Um, It's a huge sports city. So um, in the fall and the winter, like the Bills were huge. Like we would watch all their games, which was a lot of fun. Um, now we watch the Sabres a lot, um, but it's I, I like the city a lot. It's uh, super welcoming people, um, super friendly. It's like I think they say it's like the city of good neighbors, uh, like America's friendliest city or whatever. But yeah, it's it's a great place to be, like a tight knit community, um, and that shows in in our games too. Um, so I've been enjoying it. Now, do you still watch college hockey by any chance? And if so, um, what's your thoughts on this season and who you think will win the national championship? Um, for sure. Like I try to watch as much college college hockey as I can. Um, obviously, I watch Holy Cross and Vermont um, in particular, but I even watch other games when I can. Um, and um, I'm pretty bummed. Vermont lost in the hockey mm-hmm. semifinals last night, but the national championship um i'm gonna go with yale Mm -hmm. that'd be awesome i think northeastern will probably win it this year just because they've they've returned so many of talented players and they have that experience of going on deep runs and they've been one goal shy a few years so i feel like this is the year where they finally put it together and uh win it so i want to see mueller get one uh, national championship i feel like she deserves it and a hockey east team that'd be cool too exactly exactly yeah. Well, let's transition now and talk about the beginning of your hockey career and kind of work all the way up to where you are today. Uh, so doing research on yourself, uh, you're from Modelling, Austria. Hopefully I pronounced that uh, correctly, but uh, talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a small town close to Vienna, which is the capital of Austria. And um, I started playing hockey because we, my family and I, we lived like close to the outdoor rink in my town. And so my mom would take my brother and I like to the outdoor rink just to go skating. And then I think they asked my brother if he wanted to play hockey and he's two years older than me. And so I would like watch him practice. And then eventually like I wanted to start too. So um, I played there like in for my town like boys team until I was around like 10 years old and then we both um changed like club teams and went to Vienna um where it was kind of like a little more serious and we did it was an indoor rank um and stuff like that but definitely a different experience starting to play hockey over there versus in the U.S. or Canada like hockey is not very popular and especially for girls like I was always the the only or one of a few girls um, growing up that I knew that played. So, yeah, I was just gonna ask you what's sort of the hockey scene like in Austria because the only thing I really know about Austria is that Mozart is from there. Other than that, I don't know too much about that country. But it seems like it's sort of growing a little bit because you see some guys getting drafted in NHL like Marco Rossi and. Obviously, yourself, you're having a lot of success um, in professional hockey. So I feel like they're, it's starting to grow a little bit. 
um, at least since I started watching hockey a long time ago. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Um, especially men's hockey is uh, becoming more popular and there is some great talents on, on the men's side coming up um, from Austria, which is really exciting to see. And I'm glad it's growing. But yeah, for as a girl and now like a young woman playing, like I like I know every but every girl, every woman in Austria that like seriously plays hockey. Like it's so small. Um, but it's also cool, like you really feel like me being an Austrian ice hockey player, like it it makes an impact. Like every single person that plays at a high level and takes it seriously and wants to grow it, like has like influence on on the sport in the country so um while it's it wasn't always easy and it still isn't easy like it's definitely like a cool thing that I'm glad I can be a part of now who was your favorite player growing up was it someone in the NHL or was it someone that played um in Austria I'm curious if you watched any hockey um as a kid um I did watch hockey. We we didn't watch the NHL too much just because of like we actually couldn't like we couldn't stream mm-hmm. it or with the time difference they'd be playing like in the middle of the night for us. Um, but I think like I was most inspired probably by the other like Austrian like women's hockey players that were older than me, and I ended up like being on a team on like on the women's team that I played for at home when I was like 13, 14, 15, um, all the older national team girls were on that too. And I definitely always like looked up for, to them and like learned a ton. Now, before college hockey, you, it says that you played for the Berkshire School. I'm curious how you, what made you want to come to the U.S. and pursue a career in college hockey and uh, talk about how you got the opportunity to go to the Berkshire School and play there. Yeah, um, that actually kind of adds on to what I was just talking about. So um, I stopped playing with the boys in Austria when I was around 14 years old and just played with that women's team in Vienna at that point. And um, there we would have um, every year there'd be like three or four like uh, Canadians or Americans that had just graduated college and then they go over there to live in Europe and play um, and so one of those girls um, that I got to play with Caitlin Sperling she had just graduated from Harvard and her brother went to Berkshire school and he came to visit and kind of like connected me but I mean I knew I wanted to play college hockey just because um, as I said as a girl in Austria like there wasn't much like perspective for the future and um I knew that was the highest level that I would get to play at um so it was I don't really recall that I made like one day I was like oh I I want to go over there I feel like that was always kind of what I wanted to do and seeing those girls that had just graduated college and then come over to my team like I was like really amazed by them um so and then that's when I knew if I wanted to get recruited, it was I I would have to go go over there and just practice with in better facilities, better practice time, surrounded by girls my age. Um, yeah. Yeah, and talk a little bit about uh, your experience at the Berkshire School and uh, what you took away from that experience, and like what's the best memory I guess you have uh, from your time there. Yeah, um, I loved it there. I mean, just the school itself and the entire like prep school system was perfect for me, I think, at the time. Um, hockey wise, we had a super small team. The three years that I was there, I think there were like 12 to 15 skaters. Um, but we were like all best friends. Like we were so, so, so close. And we spent all day every day together and I think that's when I really like learned what it was like to like be on a great team and support each other and um I don't know like really be a be a good teammate and want the best for your teammates and like just kind of like be be that puzzle piece to to a team and achieve a like a goal together um so yeah I think just like how tight knit that team was is, is my best memory. 
And was the transition uh, from Austria to USA difficult or was it sort of seamless? Because obviously the hockey side, that's one thing, but just from a life aspect as well, going from one country to another, um, that must have been sort of a culture shock a little bit. Um, so sort of how did you adjust to that? Um, yeah, I think my first couple of weeks, um, there was like an adjustment period, but I mean, that school was just such a supportive environment. And I had so many people there like helping me from like my hockey coaches to my teachers to my dorm parents and all my friends and teammates, like they really made that transition like seamless. And I think by the end of my first semester, I couldn't picture it any other way. Um, and I just really like, like that school and how it incorporated like academics and hockey, that's always what I dreamed of and what I couldn't have at home. So once I had that, I was just like fully immersing myself in it. And um, yeah, I was welcomed with open arms and surrounded by the best people too. So it wasn't too bad. Now talk about your recruitment process to Holy Cross. Um, how did that work out for yourself and what made you want to go there versus other schools you might have looked at at the time? Um, so I didn't visit Holy Cross until the fall of my senior year in high school. And I was kind of like stressed out at that point. And um, it was kind of like last minute that I decided to go visit there with another teammate. And it hadn't been on my list and it hadn't been what I pictured myself going to really. But then I like stepped foot on campus and I talked to the coaching staff and I saw some girls on the team. And then I, they like, it all happened quickly and it was easy. And I think at that point I was so over that whole recruitment process and they just made it seem easy. It was a place I could picture myself at. It's a great school academically it's beautiful it's and they were I knew they were going to hockey east and then I like decided that I was gonna like also want to be part of a program that was transitioning a program that was growing and kind of like take on that responsibility so um yeah it was just honestly a super quick and an easy decision once I had visited and heading into college hockey, what was sort of the biggest adjustment you had to make uh, to your game? Was it the speed of the game, the physicality, or just the decision-making, especially as a defender, since you have to make quicker decisions with the puck? Um, I think, yes, the speed, both um, like physic like in the game itself, as well as the decision-making. Um, you just even, once you have the puck, even if you have the ability to skate fast enough or to like, make a good pass like just the thinking of it right in that moment was something that I had to get used to and then also I think just the importance of systems and like playing as a unit and like even just small aspects of the game like face-offs or blocking shots that was something I feel like I didn't really like pay much attention to in high school and then in college it's in college hockey that those are just things that make such a big difference yeah I feel like watching it from afar from the difference between junior and women's college hockey and the division one level is sort of the time and space you have offensively is sort of the biggest difference that I notice as a fan uh, just because you have such less time to sort of uh, make a pass or make a shot and you sort of have to learn to figure out how to shoot as quickly as possible but also make it as accurate as possible as well and that's something that I see players work on all the time for sure yeah now, talk about your Holy Cross experience, especially as a freshman, because uh, doing research on it, basically Holy Cross was transitioning from Newha to um, Hockey East, and your freshman year you played at Newha. So just talk a little bit about that season, and uh, you made it all the way to the Newha semifinals, it looks like, and lost to Franklin Pierce in that game. So uh, what did you take yeah. away from that season and uh, making it all the way to the semifinal game um, in your conference championship? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a long time ago. Um, I haven't thought about that in a while, but um, yeah, that was a, I think that was a good season for the Holy Cross program, just in general. Like we were part of the new league, but I think technically we were like D1 independent. So all of our out of conference games were against D1 opponents. 
which was really cool. Like we were all so pumped to like face like Harvard and Dartmouth and all these teams like for the first time ever in program history. And even like got away with a win against Harvard. That was huge. Um, and then, yeah, like the New Hell League. Um, I mean, definitely, I don't know, now me and my my friend, Allison Atia, who was also on the Buffalo Boots with me and went, I went to Holy Cross with, we we're like, at this point, we're like, oh, we're grateful for like that season in New Hell because it kind of like saved our stats from college hockey a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, it's still a, like a great league, got like the necessary experience, um, especially combined with those those games against D1 opponents. Um, so I think that was a really great year for Holy Cross to go through that transition. And um, that semifinal game was frustrating. I think everybody expected us to win. We expected to win, couldn't score. And then that was just, yeah, a, a disappointment. But we moved on from it and we were really excited to go into that next season in Hockey East. Yeah, what was the biggest difference you've noticed from the style of play between Newha and Hockey East and just Division Three versus Division One? Yeah, I mean, as you said, kind of like comparing high school to college, like so much less time and space, like such a faster pace of game. Um, I mean, the physicality was pretty high in Newha too, I think, um, at that point. Um, but yeah, I just remember like, facing our first few opponents in hockey's and being, and they were just like skating circles around us. So just like the pace of the game and then finding like the right systems that we as an underdog and a new program could like come up with to like face all these like great schools. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's, that's about it. Yeah, speaking of the transition from New Hot to Hockey East, you also had a coaching transition that year as well, going from Coach Van Buskirk to Coach LaChapelle. Um, talk about what that coaching transition was like because it seemed pretty seamless. And also just talk about what it was like playing under Coach LaChapelle and what you learned from her because, in my opinion, I think she's doing an amazing job with the program. I think you just see it this year, how much they've improved uh, in years past. And I really feel like she's putting that program on a, in a good direction. And she seems like a great coach from what everyone has been telling me. I want to hear your perspective, what it was like playing under her. Yeah. Coach LaChapelle is awesome. She is honestly like such a mentor to me and she was probably like the most important coach I've ever had in my life. Um, and we, we ended up getting like super, super close working together. And she was already the associate head coach under Van Buskirk my freshman and sophomore year. So, and she really like stepped, she was a little more in the background my freshman year. And then she really stepped into kind of that leadership role my, by my sophomore year. Um, so once she was the head coach, it didn't feel like much had changed, honestly, but um, she had such a great way of, of respecting like Peter's like legacy, but then also obviously implementing new things that were needed for for this new program but um yeah she is an amazing coach and an amazing person she somehow i th still think back to that like we obviously that first season was super rough in hockey east and she somehow still always like i remember monday practice like coming back after the weekend after a day off and i mean with our record, like probably having suffered two losses on Friday and Saturday. Um, but she still somehow like found the right words on Monday's practice to motivate us, to have us like keep working towards our goals, to tell us that we were making progress. We were in the right, we were doing the right things in this whole process. And then it was going to be a long process, but that it would be worth it. And that eventually we, we would see it on the scoreboard too. Um, so, and even during my three years in hockey, East, like every year we improved a lot and we, every year we beat teams that we had never beaten before. Um, and she enjoyed that with us just as much as, as we did as the team. And yeah, she, she really knows what she's doing and she's keeps on building and I'm really excited to see where she takes the program in the next few years. 
And your first hockey swing happened to come against number five ranked Northeastern. Uh, you won that game five to three. I just want to ask you about that game and how good it felt to sort of get that win under your belt, but beat a team like Northeastern and do it in front of your home fans. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, that's like one of the things that you look back at and you're like, I can't believe that even happened, honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. We were all we were all speechless, but we were all so happy to just show everyone that we were there, like rightfully. We were in the league for a reason, and that could happen to any any team. We could, I mean, beating the number one team in the league and the number five team in the country, I think, showed everyone that they had to respect us as a, an opponent because it could happen to anyone at any day. Um, so. I'm really glad that it kind of like made us a a real competitor in Hockey East. And yeah, that is definitely like my most memorable win from my time at Holy Cross. You were named captain of the team, uh, I think, during your junior season. So talk a little bit about what it was like being named captain and what type of leadership did you want to bring to the team? Were you more of a vocal leader or lead by example? Because I feel like you as a captain, that's sort of a tough time period because you get what guys were getting a lot of young players coming to the team, but you also had to deal with the pandemic as well on top of that. So I'm curious sort of what your leadership style was like and sort of how you took on that role. Yeah, um, I think that I wasn't always comfortable with being a vocal leader, but I really like immersed immersed myself into that role and really like learned how to be a vocal leader when we needed it um and then other than that i think my leadership style is definitely like lead by example like i put my best effort and 100 percent into everything i do and i see every day as a way to get better and even when we have a losing record and even when we're not making playoffs like I wanted to show my teammates like we're still showing up every day and we can still get better and it doesn't matter. Um, so that's something that I really, really wanted to to show as a captain. And um, yeah, then my senior year was the COVID year. And that was a, a really rough year, especially being a captain because all of a sudden it wasn't just about hockey and it wasn't just about being a good teammate and kind of like trying to find that harmony on the ice and off the ice and create like a good team atmosphere. But it was like, kind of like you as a captain had a responsibility to implement some like of this honestly stupid, like COVID rules that the school or the league like gave us. And yeah, that was, that was really tough. And I, really didn't like being a I don't know like someone who was like telling people what to do and telling them oh this is right this is wrong when it was like completely normal things in like a normal year um so that definitely challenged me as a leader but I learned a lot from it I think I really improved my like like honestly like resiliency like I remember that year, like at some point there wasn't a day that went by that I wasn't on the phone with coach and there wasn't another like bad news that we had to like deal with. And, mm -hmm. but eventually like it made us super resilient. It made us overcome like all those hurdles, like put in our way and still like try to make the best out of the season and enjoy it as much as possible. Um, so, yeah. Now, when you look back on it today, like what do you take away from your experience um, at Holy Cross and how do you think it's helped you um, today as a professional hockey player? Um, I am so grateful for my time at Holy Cross. I think that was exactly what I needed, being part of a growing program of a pro program new in the league um, that was that had the underdog role, which I ended up like really enjoying it made me work my ass off. Um, it made like, it showed me that like, you have to like earn everything and then to take nothing for granted and that you have to give your best effort every time you step on the ice, you go in the gym, you do anything. Um, and it also brought me some of my best friends. Um, we had great teams throughout my four years and um, it, 
as I, I've mentioned, Coach Ashapel was an awesome leader that I got to play for and Coach Meredith Roth too. She was my D coach and I loved working with her. Um, so yeah, that really, Holy Cross really made me the player I am I am today. And I think it still shows in my game what I learned there. And unfortunately, you weren't able to take a fifth year at Holy Cross because they don't offer any grad programs. So uh, talk about your transfer to Vermont. Why did you want to go to Vermont? And uh, just what was that process like for you? Um, yeah, so I remember my senior year, um, I kind of like started getting a little worried because I, I knew I wanted to keep playing, but I didn't know if it was going to be a fifth year um, or if I was going to go play pro already at that point, or like if I was going to stay in the U.S. or go back home. And then we went up to Vermont, I think in late December that year and played up there. And they had just turned things around completely from the year before, like my junior year, we swept Vermont with Holy Cross. And then my senior year, we got up there and they were skating circles around us and they were so good. And you could just tell like that team, like loved playing together. They had such a cool like style of play, like, like the way they possessed and like passed the puck within the team. I was just like amazed by. And um, my teammate, my from Austria, um, Teresa Schaftal, she um, was on that team and I knew how much she loved it. And I had heard like how great of um, of a team atmosphere, um, how great of girls they have up there. So when we played up there, I was like, wow, like this is a really neat place. And then I made the decision in January to enter the transfer or even I think before I entered the transfer portal, it was actually Coach Plumer who had reached out to Coach LaChapelle and was like, you guys don't have grad school, right? And she was like, no, like, I hope you're asking for Tony. And he was like, yeah. And then I got in touch with him. And um, I think within a week, I had talked to all the coaches and uh, kind of made my decision. And I was already so impressed by, by that weekend up there that we played against them that it couldn't have been easier now just talk about your experience at vermont it was sort of kind of the a little bit different than holy cross in the sense where you guys were consistently like one of the top 15 teams in the country so just talk about that experience but also how did you sort of maintain that consistency throughout the regular season and what was it like being on a ranked team and having that target on your back every single weekend yeah it was awesome i mean i loved I loved last year at UVM. Um, I mean, as I said, like, it's such a great team. They have such great people that welcomed me with open arms and the transition couldn't have been easier. Um, but I think we kind of surprised ourselves, like, with how good we ended up being. I mean, we knew the talent we had. We knew the skills and the work ethic and like I my first few practices at UVM I was like wow like everyone is so good like wow this team is going to be good and then we started playing and um I honestly don't think we did that well in the first like couple it was like December when you guys started like winning like, yeah 10 or 15 games in a row or something like that right that I think that started in January but um yeah I don't know we ended up like beating BC for the first time ever. And I don't know how long. Um, and we just kept on beating teams that we weren't supposed to beat. And we kept on like, even if we didn't beat teams, like we kept on, or if we did like just the way we played, we just outplayed them and we showed ourselves like how good we are and how well we play together and how the systems that our coaches were giving us were just working so well. Um, so it was unreal, honestly, just how we were in that flow of um, like just playing so well together and enjoying each other's company so much and loving being on that team. Um, and then, yeah, in January, through January and February, I think we went on a 12 game winning streak. And at that point, we actually didn't have any of our Olympians because they were all gone for the Olympics. Um, so that meant that people had to step up and step into roles that 
they like weren't like assigned like normally but I think that just helped us more everybody really brought their a game to whatever we needed them to do um and everyone was just so happy to to be part of that team and accepted any role that they were given and just gave it their all um yeah so it was it was really a really really cool experience yeah and uh, I think a lot of people had the expectation that you guys were going to make it to the hockey's championship game against Northeastern, but unfortunately you guys lost to UConn in the semifinals and that ended up being your final college hockey game. I just wanted to ask you what emotions were you feeling after that loss and sort of how have you sort of processed that season in that game uh, today when you look back on it? Yeah, it's funny that we're talking about this today because it was exactly one year ago today. Oh, wow. I didn't so, know that. I'm sorry about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> got some memories on my phone. But um, yeah, I mean, it was really sad. We were especially really frustrated because it wasn't for lack of anything. No, it their was, goalie was, I think it was like you guys, their, their goalie like made some like five like incredible saves to sort of keep them in that game. Right. Yeah. So it was just unfortunate. Like the luck wasn't on our side and like obviously credits to UConn. They were also like such a good team last year, like really, really hard to play against. So we knew it was going to be, it wasn't going to be easy. We definitely knew that. Um, But yeah, first and foremost, we were all just like so sad that that season came to an end. I think I'm not only speaking for myself when I say it was like best season we've ever had and just the greatest team we've ever been a part of. Um, but yeah, it took a couple of weeks to process. And then like, I think most of all, I was just super grateful that I had that experience, that I had that fifth year and I got to go to exactly that school and I got to be on that team and everybody was talking about us and everybody knew how like well we did and it was just a really really cool thing to be a part of and then we all just like enjoyed our our spring and summers in Vermont which are also really nice yeah I heard Burlington's one of the best cities in hockey east I'm assuming you you agree with that or is it is Worcester's what is better food Worcester or Burlington Worcester grew on me and there's, it's definitely like, it gets a bad rep, but Worcester is also, it's a good place, but um, yeah, Burlington's beautiful um, and really fun and lots of things to do. Um, yeah. Well, I was reading somewhere where Worcester's like the fastest growing like food city in, in the U.S. or something like that. And I just, I thought that was pretty interesting. Like, like what, yeah. and I heard Burlington has a good food scene as well. So I just remember thinking that was, I'm like, I wonder what one she thinks is better. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Burlington, but mm-hmm. don't sleep on Worcester. It's it's coming. <laughs> yeah. it's uh, The only thing that I don't like about Worcester is just the hills and how, like how difficult it is to drive there. It's like very scary mm-hmm. sometimes, like even just like Boston is, but like a little more underrated. Like I think everyone knows like to sort of white knuckle it a little bit in Boston, but in Worcester, yeah. like, there's the hills and all that stuff is definitely something that is hard to get used to. But luckily I have. For sure. Yeah. Do you live in Worcester? Yes, I do. I go to school in Worcester. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just one more hockey question before we get to the non-hockey segment. But uh, when you look back on your college hockey career, I'm just curious, like, what, how has it helped you as a pro athlete today? And how has it helped you as an adult as well? Um, just looking back on your college hockey experience and just the things that you learned at Holy Cross and at Vermont. I mean, it's really shaped me into the person I am today. I mean, from teaching me time management and getting everything like done, like school, practice, workout, socializing, like all of that stuff. Um, I mean, that's invaluable to me. And I think that's going to help me like throughout my entire life, um, just to be able to deal with a lot of things going on at the same time. And um, I mean, other than that, it's it's taught me how to be not only a good teammate, but a great teammate. It taught me how to 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 deal with unfortunate situations that you can't control and try to make the best out of the things you can't control. Um, it's um, I don't even know. I don't I feel like it's literally taught me everything that I, I know now is from playing 
from going to college and, and playing a D1 sport um, and meeting like the best people along the way. And I think that's what made it all like so memorable for me is that I, I look back at it and even while I was doing it, I was like, wow, like we're doing the same thing every single day and it's so much work and it's really hard and we're really tired, but every day was still so much fun and I enjoyed every single day because I was going through it with my teammates and no matter what we were doing we were having the best time ever and I think just being surrounded in that environment with your like 20 amazing girls and some of your best friends like that's just you can't compare compare that to anything else um and that that just made every single like minute worth it so we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. Uh, so my first question to you is, um, what is your favorite movie? Um, I'm going to have to go with Parasite. I've never um, seen it before. I think because of COVID, it kind of scares me from watching it. Yeah, it's a crazy movie. It's like a psycho thriller, but it's super intriguing. And um, yeah, that's just like... A movie I still think about. Yeah, I, don't, I think my favorite movie is probably Miracle, uh, just because um, it has everything. It's has the drama, comedy, but it's also like very inspiring movie to watch. And obviously, it's about hockey, so that's that's sort of my thing. Um, speaking of movies, uh, if there was a movie made about your life, uh, who would you want to play yourself? Um, I'm gonna go with Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's just a badass. Um, such a like powerful woman honestly like her as an actor actress and her, in all her movies too um super independent smart um just does her own thing now let's ask you some questions about some of your former teammates with both holy cross and vermont uh first one is who was the funniest teammate you ever had at college hockey um for holy cross i'm gonna have to give a shout out to my roommate and teammate and best friend allison atia she just makes every day the funniest day ever. Um, and then for UVM, it's going to also have to be my my roommate from Burlington, um, Haley Burns. She's hilarious. Now, which teammate would take the longest to respond to any phone calls or text messages you might have? That's a good question. Um. Probably Teresa Shoftal. Um, we're super close um, and we've played together forever, but she's not the best at keeping in touch and being on her phone and responding to people. Now, Antonio, I, Antonio, I think you might have had the best style for both Vermont and Holy Cross. Like, I always love the pregame outfits that you pulled up with. But besides yourself, uh, who would you say had the best style on the team on both Holy um, Cross and Vermont? For Vermont, I'm going to go with Cam Morrissey. Amazing outfits, always. Um, and for Holy Cross, um, I'm going to go with Katie McQuaig. She was also one of my roommates and closest friends, and we always shared our closets, too. So still grateful for that, and she has amazing style. How do you guys find out what to wear before a game? Because as a men's hockey player, it's like pretty easy because all you need to wear is a suit. But I feel like for you guys, it's a little more difficult since you have so many options. So I'm curious how you sort of find out what you guys want to wear. Um. Yeah, honestly, like it it changes a lot. Like throughout my years, like thinking back to what I wore to games like three years ago, it's very different to uh, what I wear now. But I always try to go with like stylish but still comfortable and still in some ways like athletic I love to like mix in some cool sneakers um and yeah kind of just what's on trend and then we have a lot of themed games too so that that helps to try to be fit the mm -hmm. theme yeah for sure I heard I, I really like the European style especially with like suits so that's why I was just curious about that if there was anything anything like that that sort of went on to your decision making what you wear before a game yeah now getting back to some not more non-hockey questions uh first one is uh what is what was the most interesting thing you read or seen this week read or seen this week um i'm a big bruins fan mm -hmm. and they've just been making crazy trades recently 
Um, so yeah, I'm really intrigued by that. And it just seems like they're going all in for the cup. Um, not sure how that's going to play out in future seasons, but I'm hoping, um, hoping for the best that they can win this year. Yeah, I'm a big Bruins fan myself, and that was my answer was David Pasternak uh, re-signing uh, for, ele- I think it was like $11.95 million a year, and I think it makes him like the fifth or sixth highest player in- paid player in the NHL. I'm happy he's back, but I am a little worried about giving up all those draft picks uh, for right. this season just because if it happens to not work out, then you have sort of no future to build on if Krejci or Bergeron leaves, so I'm a little bit worried about that, but if they win the cup this year, then I feel like it's all worth it. So we'll see how it goes. They've been good this year, so I feel like it's worth it. Yeah, I'm on the same page. What is your most embarrassing hockey moment that you can remember? The most embarrassing hockey moment. Um... Have you ever been like checked or ankles broken or accidentally wore the skate guards out for warm-ups? Anything like that? Um, I thought I have actually against, I was on Holy Cross, but I think it was in, we played in Vermont um, and I skated up to the blue line for the wrong person for starting lineups. Mm-hmm. That was pretty embarrassing. I've also scored on my own net a couple of times. Um, yeah, but nothing that really stands out. So maybe it'll come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like, I don't know. For me, it's probably I accidentally like in practice, I skated like someone left the bench door open and I accidentally fell inside while doing backward skating drills. So that was that was pretty embarrassing just because it's in front of your teammates. But um, other than that, luckily for like luckily that stuff isn't recorded. I feel like it'll be even worse at a game because people are like watching from home. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've had some a bunch of really good falls, too, for sure. And then last non-hockey question is, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, uh, who would it be and why? With anyone in the world. I don't know if I have an answer to that question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, those questions, I would really have to think about that. So I, It could I be, can't. it doesn't even need to be someone famous. It could be like um, a former teammate or coach. Um. Okay. I mean, hmm. I guess for I'll answer first and then I'll let you okay. think about it. Uh, for myself, okay. uh, if I had to pick a famous person, probably Tom Brady, just because um, I, he's one of my favorite athletes. And I think his story is incredible. All the adversity he went through to become one of the best uh, football players of all time. And then I guess like people that people might not know probably some like former teammates from like youth hockey just to see what they've been up to um right. since it's been a long time since I've played with them so those are probably my t- two answers I would give okay yeah I would I would have to agree I would love to catch up with like some former teammates see where they're now and it's always sad like you have so many great teammates and then you both just go your own way and it's hard to reconnect so I would honestly love to have a lunch with like the boys team that I I played on when I was like 13 years old and kind of just go back to that and see um, what everyone's up to. Now back to some hockey questions. Now, Uh, first one is uh, you're obviously in the PHF and one of the goals of the PHF is to help grow women's hockey. And you also played five years in college hockey. So I do want to ask you, uh, what do you think needs to be done to help grow uh, women's hockey in your opinion? Um, yeah, I think we definitely just need more visibility. Like there is, I think people don't realize how like much skill, how much talent, how much like, like work goes into women's hockey and how great some of us players are and that in some ways it's different than men's hockey, but it's not worse in any way. And it's so much fun watching. And I think people just need to see that and uh, give us like the visibility we deserve. And that's really what it's gonna take to grow women's hockey and to keep on um, pushing women's hockey and girls hockey too. And for example, in Austria, in places where it's not very popular and big yet, and to keep on bringing like that international talent into, into the best leagues in the world and really grow it globally. Yeah, I think it, it. Do you think it's getting better at that? Because I feel like you're seeing a lot more um, international players play college hockey, but 
but also like those teams are getting better. Like just recently in the U18 World Championships, I think Sweden beat Team USA in the semifinals to make it to the gold medal game. And I feel like as the years go on, I feel like you might see a team like Sweden, Czech Republic or Austria, you know, compete with Canada and the USA. And maybe it won't just be those two teams competing for the gold medal um, every every four years. I'm curious if if you're seeing progress uh, with that. Yeah, for sure. I think every country is working really hard at uh, really improving women's hockey, especially at, at young ages and get more girls into it and get them to play at um, better like levels and more give them a more professional and um, more supportive environment to be able to really focus into like getting the best players they could possibly be. But um, yeah, it, it is really awesome to see that growth and um, I'm really excited every time that an underdog kind of like beats one of beats the US or Canada in one of those big tournaments and I'm happy to see it happen more often. Yeah, I'm not happy when it happens to the USA, but when it happens to Canada, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not too upset about that. So um, but for all the younger listeners that listen to this podcast, uh, what advice would you give them on just what it takes to make it to the college hockey level where you were uh, just last year? And uh, just any advice you would give uh, to those younger players on what they can do to help improve their games? Um, I think that just not being scared of like taking a leap of faith of really doing what you want to do to pursue your dreams. If that means like moving across the world and to a different continent and like immersing yourself in a different culture, then that's really what you want to do. Like, don't be scared to do it. Just follow your heart. Um, and it's going to pay off eventually. And, um, to, I think like surrounding yourself by, by people that want the best for you, for people that are going to push you for people that are going to challenge you. That's been really big for me. Um, and helping me grow and helping me improve and yeah never like being being scared to be challenged uh always wanting to do what it, like it's going to take to to get you to get you better and it's going to be hard but um yeah it's going to be worth it in the end yeah i remember hearing a coach from cornell women's hockey say he wants to bring in people that want to be challenged uh, because he feels like that's how players develop. And that's just, I think that just puts it in the best way. You know, you want to go somewhere and be challenged because uh, from those moments, it helps you become a better player. So that's some great advice. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you have any shout outs you want to give uh, to your former teammates, current teammates, uh, family members, or friends? Uh, feel free to do that now. Um. Yeah, there's so many people that deserve shout outs. Um, definitely my family. They have always supported me in my journey and especially my parents like they whatever it took for me they they were on board with it and they made it possible for me to go to the school in the U.S. go to college in the U.S. and although like I miss them a lot they miss me a lot they know that's what I want to do and they support me in in every step of the way in any decision that I've made and my brother too, I train with him over the summer and he supports me so much. He pushes me so much. And we both, I think, really feed off each other's work ethic and show each other that um, we we can get better every day. Um, and then, yeah, I think my other shout outs, I've already kind of like given in, in the podcast, like Teresa Schaftal, um, she's so impressive to watch and she makes me want to get better every day um, because she's kind of had a similar somewhat journey as me um, and she also is just such a hard worker and um, yeah I, I really admire her and then um, yeah my my roommate and teammate Allison Atia has been um, she just makes it worth it every day and I love living and training with her um, and yeah, I mean, there's so many, so many people out there. I've honestly been really, really blessed with all my teammates, all my coaches, um, and I couldn't have asked for more. Anyone who we should interview next from Holy Cross and Vermont, that would be a good interview. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, 
Vermont, they just ended their season. I don't know how ready they are to talk about college hockey. Usually right I give now. a usually I give like a couple of weeks that usually that's usually yeah. when people start like um getting over that loss. Yeah, but I would love to hear Haley Burns, Corinne McCool, Elise mm -hmm. Murphy on UVM. I think those would be awesome girls to talk to. Um and from Holy Cross, Millie Serum. Um, she was a great teammate. And also has a really unique story. Um, yeah, those would be my. Well, I just want to say, but this isn't a question. I, this is just more something I want to tell you, but I just want to say thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. Um, Holy Cross in Vermont was actually the first ever women's hockey game uh, that I went to back in 2020 before the world changed. And it was amazing seeing your team play. And, that, and that's sort of how, why I've always wanted to have you on the podcast is I loved how you blocked shots and just how hard you worked on the ice. And it's crazy. Now it's three years later and how it's come full circle. And uh, you're one of my favorite players in college hockey to watch. And you're doing great things with Buffalo. And it's incredible to see all the big things that you've accomplished so far. And I just want to say that I'm a huge fan and uh, keep uh, continue. I wish you continued success. Uh, for the rest of your hockey career and in any future endeavors you might have. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. And um, I love hearing that UVM and Holy Cross was the first women's hockey game you ever went to. Yeah, I know. It's uh, pretty crazy. Uh, it, I just, I, I, I wanted to go and see what it was like. And obviously now the podcast happened sort of because of it, not really, but uh, it's one of the reasons why I decided to want to interview women's hockey players up for college hockey talk. So I just think it's kind of full circle how it's happened how I'm yeah. interviewing you three years later after going to that game. For sure. That's amazing. Um, and thank you for doing this. I think that's an awesome thing you have going and it's really giving a lot of like women's hockey players, like some of, of like the visibility they deserve and um, puts attention around us. So we really appreciate it too. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. <laughs>